Hey, spooky people, Megan here. Before we get to today's episode, I want to ask you for a favor. Like many podcasts, we are an independent production and are working hard to grow our audience. If you're enjoying the show, you can help us by taking a few seconds of your time to hit that subscribe or follow button and by leaving us a rating, or if you're feeling really fancy, a review. As always, thanks for listening, and now on to the episode. The theme of our show. Probably, Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, but... Probably not. Not likely. <laughs> <laughs> we could just cut this all down. We don't need an hour and whatever of discussion to say, mm, could be weird and spooky. Probably not. <laughs> we'll just we'll just start introducing the topic and then immediately cut to, yeah, it's not happening. And then we'll be <laughs> end of episode. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and we hope humorous discussion on all things strange and unusual. In this episode, we're going to explore the world of randonauting and the associated popular app Randonautica. But before we get to today's topic, it's time for something spooky. So Paige, did anything spooky happen to you in the last two weeks? Yeah, so I think this is the only thing. But like the last two or three weeks, I I recently purchased a new car uh, for our listeners. Megan, I know you know that. But the dome lights are like the ones that you press in. They're not like they don't have like a, you know, like a switch of any sort. You just like push them in to turn them on. And mm-hmm. there have been like three or four mornings now where I've gotten in my car and the dome lights on and like I definitely did not turn it on. or at least I don't remember turning it on. Like I suppose it's possible that I'm like hitting it when I'm getting out of the car. But yeah. on top of the fact that it's like who's turning my lights on because it's not me. I'm also very scared that I'm going to wake up to a dead battery one morning because – my lights are just on all night. Yeah. So. Do you think, have you like been positive that you have locked your car each time? Like somebody couldn't be like going in and like turning the light to look for change or go through the car? Yes. I mean, I, I'm certain that like, I mean, I'm pretty certain I'm locking it, I guess. I don't know. I, I think that most, <laughs> I, I feel pretty confidently that most times I walk away from my car, I'm locking it, but that this has me thinking maybe I haven't been. So ev- like every time <laughs> I like go in my car now, I'm like checking the whole car, freaking trunk and everything. Like is someone hiding in here? Because I'm convinced yeah. that someone's getting in my car every night. Yeah. When but really, like nothing's missing or out of place other than the light. Well, there's nothing in there. Like, I don't leave okay. a, like, there's a mask. So I guess if someone wants my, like, dirty face mask, 
They can have it. I've got plenty of others. <laughs> that's that's all that's in there, though. Like, there's not even pennies. Like, nothing. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, haunted like, car or potentially go to the dealer and be like, hey, you guys, can you just check the wiring? <laughs> Alternatively, like, I am just accidentally hitting it when I'm getting out of the car and I'm not realizing it. But yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe just make it a habit as you're headed inside. Turn around and just do a double check. I probably you know? need to. Because otherwise I'm going to wake up to a dead battery one morning and I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. That would suck. <laughs> but I think that's all. I thought there was one day this week where I was like, oh, I have something spooky, but I have since forgotten it. So, Well, can't have been that spooky then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have anything spooky happen the last couple of weeks? Um, so not anything spooky that like actually happened, but just a few things that I wanted to mention. So first, I really like to listen to podcasts when I am falling asleep. So if I'm just like laying in bed, I just find it relaxing to just like focus on that rather than my brain going through everything I did wrong for the day. So <laughs> so usually like usually I only make it like five minutes before I'm asleep. But I started listening to the Supernatural podcast, which is hosted or narrated by Ashley Flowers and her episode, like the rest of them have not been this scary. They've been really good and really well told. But the Sally House one that I listened to the other night while I was falling asleep was like a critical mistake. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Stephen was outside playing video games. So he has a, an, a shed that this an office, a studio office that's a separate, and I think I've mentioned this before, from our house. So he was out in that, and I was in the house by myself and going to bed, and I was just, like, laying there in the dark thinking, oh, my God, something could be watching me right now. Like, <laughs> I just freaked out. Like, I kept looking around to be like, is that close or is that a demon? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it was just a lesson like maybe don't listen to scary podcasts while you're trying to fall asleep at night because usually I think I'm pretty immune to that stuff at this point but clearly I'm not immune to everything <laughs> but I will plug that show because it is really good and the Sally House episode in particular was very spooky that um, is like that's too funny because I I like very rarely get super spooked by uh -huh. like movies or podcasts or anything, but that is right. just like my general state at night. Like, especially if like Elliot's out of town or I'm home alone going to mm -hmm. bed, if he's like at a friend's house, I just like, I can't sleep because I'm like always assuming <laughs> that like something is inside with me. I don't know what I think it is, right. but right. there's always something happening. Yeah. So like, I will just sleep well, with like, all the lights I mean on. <laughs> all the lights on it's like we doors talked about open yeah in the <laughs> yeah the boogeyman episode it's like yeah i 100 percent turn the lights off at the end of the night and then just like book it to my bedroom to get more <laughs> lights on so that way whatever's whatever personification of my fear that exists in my house i gotta get away from that um <laughs> 
so yeah so it's it's just boogeyman shit um but i really creeped myself out so <laughs> it was a real mistake so don't do that again <laughs> listen to that. so don't listen to that yeah i gotta i gotta be more selective um yes and then the only thing which is like sort of spooky adjacent um <laughs> from the last week is one <laughs> that pumpkin spice lattes are back at both dunkin donuts but more importantly at starbucks um so i was like i freaked out this week and we got them twice already and i tried to convince oh, even to get them a third time this morning but he was like no we should not do that <laughs> I'm probably getting um, my second one tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely getting another one before the week's over. Um, <laughs> but listeners, if even if you don't love the pumpkin spice latte, if you like pumpkin pie and you enjoy cold brew, absolutely get the pumpkin cream cold brew because it is like out of this world good. So last year we drank like a disgusting number of them. And this year is probably going to be the same way. So it's, <laughs> it was a very exciting week for that reason. Um, and then the second spooky adjacent thing is that I got to go to Michael's this week um, to look at and buy some new Halloween decorations and fall decorations. And even though it's August and I'm supposed to wait until September 1st to put out these decorations, I have been like strategically sneaking them out already <laughs> you know whatever the boys don't get to make rules about when we get to enjoy the best time of the year yeah and here's what i've figured like it's only a week early and at this point it's only a few days early um because it's this weekend that i would normally put stuff out and it's like fucking 2020 things are fucking garbage like just whatever like i'm gonna enjoy what little serotonin I can get from <laughs> drinking pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice lattes <laughs> and putting out my spooky decorations earlier than I normally would. <laughs> well, and like I've always said, like, Elliot, you're not like you can say that you're going to put them away, but you're not like you're not going to put them away. So who cares yes. when I put them out? <laughs> yes, that is exactly my point is like, Luckily, Steven's usually a good sport, and he will, like, help me get them out of the crawl space. So I guess in some ways I, like, rely on him for that. But if I get them out myself and I decorate by myself, he's not going to put it away. Like, right. <laughs> fine. I did it a few days early. You're going to go around and collect all this stuff and put it away so that I can put it out again in a few days? No. You're just going <laughs> to roll your eyes, go about your day. It'll be fine. It's not hurting you. <laughs> <laughs> um yes so that is yeah long story short i'm trying to make a little bit of happiness in this otherwise garbage world <laughs> uh yes so if any of our listeners don't live in the u.s just 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 feel really lucky. Because <laughs> our country is a dumpster fire. <laughs> Things aren't going well here. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Honestly, fingers crossed that that asteroid that's supposed to like potentially hit Earth the day before the election, like just end it. It's fine. <laughs> We've had a good run. Like, just start over. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, we should probably get to rando nodding because we have some serious shit to talk about this. <laughs> so, Paige, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Randonauting and the Randonautica app is all about. All right. So um, for those of you who've never heard of it, I, w- I took this directly from an article that I read. Um, they describe Randonauting as the act of generating random numbers with a random ge- number generation technique, converting those numbers into coordinates on the surface of the earth, and then visiting the location in real life. So basically... The app um, claims to create the or to generate these random numbers, like I said, then convert those into coordinates that are within a certain radius of your current location. And then they send you to those coordinates. And it's all supposed to be based off of some intention that you set. So if you want to see, say, I don't know, something blue, um, you would set the intention as seeing something blue. And you don't like type it in or anything. It just says like, think of your intention while it's generating these points. Which I, I did not know this when I first used the app. Uh, (laughs) I was convinced that you had to like type something in. And Mm. so when a friend of mine and I were out random nodding like the first time we we're both like where do we type our intention at and we we're very <laughs> confused and then realized like oh no we just have to think about it uh which threw me for a loop obviously we'll yeah. talk about that more um but the the use of the app uh is it, it seems like it should be simple yet somehow they've they've made it more complicated than it probably really needs to be uh <laughs> <laughs> um you you know you log onto the app. It is a free app. You, there are things you can pay for, um, but just like the the basic download from the app store is free. Yeah, which I did. I paid the like is it one ninety nine or two ninety nine extra so that it wouldn't give me points in the water because I live near Lake Michigan, and so like frequently it was like oh just go oh, paddle just out like water. into Lake Michigan and like you'll find. I don't know, something purple or whatever the fuck my intention was. And it was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So you have to like that, pay that extra. There might be like cool shit out there that you're missing though. Probably there is, but like, <laughs> how am I going to get to it? So <laughs> yeah, so I paid the extra money to avoid points that are like underwater because I just, it was, that was all it was doing when I was doing. Just so kept sending you underwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, <laughs> and I like I really sort of agonized about it. I was like, oh, $2.99. Like, oh, Jesus. And then I remembered <laughs> that I paid $2 for fucking Spirit Story Box. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to just spend this. <laughs> so is that all that the $2 gets you? Because that's all I've read is that it just stops giving you yes, the water. Yeah. And then you have to like pay, you can pay more, I think, to get. So you're, 
the app, like, you can only go to, like, 10 points per day, I think. I, um, I thought 10 points, so, but I just re-downloaded it and it says 15. So maybe they've updated Well, I think it, like, rolls them over. Sort of, like, self Oh, so I could have, like, 30 <laughs> if I wait a couple days, is what you're saying. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, because I noticed that mine had more than that, too. So either they upped it and it's more than 10 points now or they roll over. Gotcha. It's unclear. But, um... Yeah. So, yeah, long story short, randonizing is sort of like a combination of geocaching with like a little bit of mystical intention setting. Yeah, I've also I've heard it uh, described as Pokemon Go and astrology. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay. were you you were you were saying something else and then I interrupted. Oh, yeah. So I was just talking about how the app itself works. Um, Like I said, it's a little more complicated than it probably needs to be. But basically, you just start by sending the um, app your location. And then it makes you read some, you know, terms of use. You have to agree that you're, you know, going to be safe about it. You can't, like, you're not supposed to be trespassing. Um, Obey the quarantine and social distancing rules. Uh, tell you not to steal or damage any property. The basic stuff. Don't do anything illegal while you're using the app. And then at <laughs> some point, they yeah. also tell you. Which is more just to- saving their own ass than you. Right. But- <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they, at some point, like, they tell you to, like, only set positive intentions, which I find funny because it's like, I mean, people were probably going to use it for different reasons anyway. But the second you say use it for positive intentions, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to use murder as my intention. The second you tell teenagers, like, don't trespass, don't use this for whatever. It's like immediately that desire to do exactly that is going to kick in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then you go or once you've agreed to their, you know, terms of of use you then pick like what kind of point you would like basically you have the option of they're called attractors voids or anomalies uh they they define attractors as dense clusters of random points uh voids are the opposite of that so it's it's basically a void or a lack of points um and then anomalies are the strongest out of the attractors and voids and reading these I don't know about you, but like I still didn't really know what the hell an attractor or a void was. So that has to do with what the app is or how the app is actually getting the points. So we will talk about that some later when we talk about sort of the science behind or the technology behind the app. But I was going to just read this little... This is a good place to read this little quote from the Randonauting website or the Randonautica website. So it says, Randonauting is the act of using the Randonautica app to generate truly random locations sourced with quantum entropy. The user can then choose to venture to these locations to see what they find. They often discover that what they see lines up with their intention, which is what they were thinking about when they generated the point. But even if this doesn't happen, it's a way to mindfully explore the world around them. There are two main parts to randonauting exploring blind spots or places nearby that are outside of your conscious awareness and experimenting with mind matter interaction the hypothesis that consciousness can influence the distribution of random numbers (laughs) so 
What this app is doing is it is using what's called a quantum random number generator um, in order to generate like basically truly random points, which are somehow converted into um, geographic locations or geographic coordinates. Um, And it's my understanding that attractors are like when you generate this point, attractors are kind of like where there's a grouping or a more dense grouping of these quantum random numbers that have been generated voids or places where there is none. Um, and then anomalies, I think was like a particularly dense, I'm not actually sure. Um, that one's a little bit more nebulous, but either way it has to do with like sort of the frequency at that time of like where these quantum points are, are being generated. And I have, I have some thoughts about that, but we can talk about them once yeah. we get more into the the debunking, I guess, portion of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, it's all like very, um, like the language they use on the website is all like, it's very heady and like, I don't know, kind of new worldy, I don't know, weird stuff. Like, a, yeah, like astrology, new world stuff that's it's it's sort of it's sort of silly it's not sort of silly it's very silly (laughs) I felt like every every article and everything I read about this app was either like a total mind fuck because I just couldn't like I couldn't actually understand what they were trying to say or it was a mind fuck because the science behind it is like a science that a lot like a lot of people don't fully understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prepare so. yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I just read a few more things from their website because it's just it's just sort of a trip. Um, the Randonautica app puts the user in the director's chair of an adventure story yet to be written. By using the app, the user can break from their mundane day-to-day and take a journey of randomness into the world around them. Um, Your mind is your guide as you observe and view the world differently. Travel into the unknown is a traveling into the unknown is a journey like no other. Break out of your reality tunnel, recalibrate (laughs) your mind and have fun on an adventure into the world you never knew existed. So yeah, it's just like this idea that we're all sort of like stuck in this like mundane day to day. We do the same thing over and over and the randomizing experience is about going out into the world, branching out and like seeing different things, breaking out of your normal routine. Um, yeah, as like some sort of beneficial thing, I think, for like your consciousness or spirit or Which who knows. I can get behind like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone or like getting out of the damn house right now is probably not right. the worst thing. Like I, I, I'm sold right. on that, <laughs> but right. And so, yeah, so this is the app itself. So, um, random nodding is like the actual act of going out and, and going to these points, like physically going to them. Um, Randonauts are the people who participate in this, and the Randonautica is the app that was generated or that was created. Although the the Randonauts and Randonauting has been around 
um, for a while longer than that. So because people have been isolating and everything's been going on with the pandemic, people are a little bit hard up for entertainment and to get out of their house. Um, <laughs> since the app was released in February, it went viral. It has been downloaded at this point over 13 million times. And actually, technically, on their website, it still says that it's in its beta form. So like the official version, um, finalized version of the app, like hasn't been released yet. So um yeah, so that might well, explain why the app is a little bit quirky. Because yeah, it's I was going like to say totally it's, polished. <laughs> it's good to know that it's still in beta because I have yet to successfully use it on my phone without it crashing. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's like pretty much the problems that people say that they have with it. But it's also like you guys better get that app out because like you are very quickly missing your moment. Like we decided to do this episode a while ago because I got sort of excited about it um but like we're already I think on like the tail end of this little craze that has happened so it's unclear that it's like get your app out because people are gonna lose interest um so this got really popular and there's a big subreddit that has like 125,000 people that's been around um I think for about a year and a half since February of or March of 2019. But these videos of people going on their little rando nodding adventures have gone viral on places like TikTok and YouTube. Um, and like maybe embarrassingly for me, like TikTok is where I discovered it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was say, yeah, uh, I'll admit shout it. Out, shout out to our friend Sarah because really this this all started with her. Yes. Although I sort of take credit because like I got hooked on TikTok. Um, and then I was like, well, screw this. I'm just going to send you guys a bunch of TikTok videos. Sure. And so then I got Sarah hooked on TikTok. <laughs> and then and now Sarah Paige is just like, fuck you guys. Stop sending me TikTok videos. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I watch like, I watch like 5% of the videos <laughs> that I received. Okay. Well, you are just missing out then because I curate those specifically for you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So if, if some of this sounds like a little bit, you know, like I said, like a little bit heady, a little bit out there, a little bit like new agey weird. It's like, because that is just sort of the nature of the beast when it comes to rando nodding. (laughs) So it was created based on the work of a group of programmers who call themselves the Fathom Project. Um, So they're the ones who created the code that actually provides these coordinates, these geographic coordinates. Um, And the Fathom Project, I think, operated under like some theory that, you know, again, this idea that random exploration could break people out of their their predetermined realities um, and that that people could like influence these random um, these random outcomes with their mind. So again, this like mind machine interaction, like you can actually influence machines or whatever with your brain mind control (laughs) um so one of their main interests though interestingly enough was 
to use this code and use this technology to ensure the randomness or the fairness of of online gambling because like how do you absolutely ensure that like the house which is the computer in this case like is actually operating you know and drawing cards or whatever it's doing on like a totally random basis um so i thought that was that was interesting but this code, this Fathom Project code, um, or random number number generator code, then gets used to create a Telegram bot, um, which is some sort of messaging service. Um, but this is in February of 2019. A man named Joshua Langfelder creates this bot. Um, he creates the subreddit a month later and is eventually involved in the creation of the app, um, but yeah, he's the one like with the bot, you could log in or whatever you do with telegram. I have no idea what it is, but like <laughs> ask the bot to generate coordinates for you. So it worked as like basically a basic version of how the app works now, as far as I understand. So yeah, so I guess in terms of Joshua Langfelder, I just wanted to point out like he is a former circus performer, which to each his own, but, like, doesn't exactly inspire the greatest confidence in his ability to, like, create something scientifically sound. <laughs> yeah, is that, like, all, does he, did he, anything else? Is it just circus performance that he's done? That was, like, that was the only, that was as far as I went with it. Like, that he's okay. a former circus performer. So, and then he decided to... To get Make into the rando nodding thing and create the subreddit and create the app. And now it's like this whole big thing. But yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how you end up there. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So there have been like there have been some crazy things. So like I said, this this went viral and people have shared some pretty nutso stuff. So there was a group of teenagers. Um, I believe it was in Seattle. Let me actually. It is. It's Seattle. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, who went out random nodding. And I like do not remember what they set their, they said they set their intention as. Like maybe it was just spooky or something like that. But oh, they. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah. So they recorded this all on video. They um, are by the water presumably like by Puget Sound or something they find this suitcase and they open it up and there's like a plastic bag inside that they can see and they said that it just smelled horrific um and turns out (laughs) that there were remains from like two different human bodies inside of it so yeah so like obviously this story exploded because yeah, they found it with the rando nodding app. And so it like lends credence to this idea that, you know, people that it's legit, right? That like people are actually finding things that match whatever intention that they set. And that this idea that like thinking about something, thinking about your intention can actually influence the numbers that it spits back for you or the coordinates that it spits spits back for you. I find it interesting because I think like this is kind of what got me excited anyways about the app was this story. And like if you look for 
like specific Randonautica stories. It's like the mm-hmm. only one you can find. <laughs> like very few <laughs> things like this have actually occurred. So yeah. it's just this one, you know, I mean, obviously this one got really popular, but it's just, I thought like everybody was finding dead bodies and it's really just this one kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and like this one, I think a lot of people share in news stories about it because this one, like, there were obviously news stories that talked about the human reins that were found and like the police got involved. So it was all like very much verified. Um, whereas some of the other videos, it's like, well, did you just like edit this or set it up this way? Like it's, it's hard to tell whether or not it's real, but considering that, you know, 13 million people have downloaded this app and like there's really only a few stories that are particularly crazy like most people aren't finding shit (laughs) i mean right (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um and like even it's worth pointing out which i think i have in my notes later but i'll point it out now like people found dead bodies during the pokemon go craze because they were like going all over to weird places so the idea that like getting you out of your everyday routine and like getting you to go to weird places like you might find some weird stuff yes but like it works if it's pokemon go it works if it's randonautica (laughs) like (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) which one that it is and in some ways it's like Paige said the idea is kind of nice like whatever whatever gets the kids outside like they're using their imaginations they're getting some exercise it's fine (laughs) all right but you had a couple other stories right uh yeah and i had a second story which i was going to talk about but to be honest i i read it at some point and then i could not find it again um so i don't know it it was it wasn't a video it was like a story that i had read in an article and it was told by somebody um so it's unclear like how true it really even is but um I'll, i'll i guess i'll just quickly gloss over it um some girls were out randonauting and same thing i don't really remember what the intentions were that they set but they apparently found a letter in like the woods near them or like in some forest that was like completely dry even though it had been raining and um they opened it to read it and it was a letter from a man that he was writing like a uh, I don't think it was quite like a love letter, but a letter to like a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And they like found out that like the that week or like the week prior that this man had passed away. And so they got the letter and like took it to the address on the envelope for this man. I don't know. I, I don't like I said, it was told it was there's no video of it. So it's unclear how true it even is or wh- what really happened there. But yeah, I read that same story. So yeah, okay. what you said is like. Yeah, true to to what I read. To what? Okay. (laughs) Um, And then the only other thing that I've really seen is that a lot of people get very excited about saying that they want to see a dog as their intentions, and then they see a dog, (laughs) which like (laughs) there are actually dogs everywhere. But (laughs) that one—that's everywhere. Like it's it's popped up every time I've looked for these stories. It's always like, oh, I put cat. I saw a cat. (laughs) Yours truly. Set my intention as dog once. Oh, we also Um, did. Yeah. (laughs) And we Um, saw a dog. Yeah, there have been like some (laughs) spooky dog ones, though. There's like one 
I think it was a TikTok video where she like goes to the point and there's like a dog and it's standing there and it just like doesn't move like literally at all for like an unusually long amount of time like in a spooky way <laughs> um yeah or like I mean it's just weird stuff it's like it's like it's basically what we all used to do like when we were teenagers right like you get your license and you're bored with your friends and so we would just sort of like aimlessly drive around right and then like eventually you end up at fucking steak and shake at two in the morning like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about kids like on the east coast on the west coast but like that is just some good midwestern fun right there (laughs) teenagers just get in the car and you just drive around with your friends so like this is just a little bit more intentional driving Right. right right yeah um <laughs> did you did you read any of the F, like the frequently asked question did you read their like faq page at all i did read it a little bit did you read the one about confirmation bias well they had one on there about that i did not yeah i thought this might be a good time okay. um so somebody specifically asks like how can you know that a positive result is not a case of confirmation bias yeah and and to remind listeners just before you say this but Confirmation bias is, again, this tendency to look for information or look for things that affirm your beliefs. So, like, you're going out looking for something, like, you're going to be more likely to see it. So, one great example that I heard was, like, oh, if you're, like, thinking about buying a specific type of car, like, you know, oh, I'm thinking about buying a blue, I don't know, Volkswagen Beetle. Um, And then, like, all of a sudden... All you can see around. Yeah, like everybody drives blue Volkswagen Beetles. So it's like not that everybody all of a sudden bought a bunch of them. It's like your brain's just more attuned to see them. So anyway, FAQ about it. So yeah, the the answer is, and it's a little lengthy, but um, they say it is likely that some of the coincidences we observe are the result of confirmation bias. The user may well exaggerate the subjective significance of the find as they are hoping for a positive result. However, some of the coincidences we observe have incredible accuracy in terms of translating the user's intentions, which suggests that some of the findings are more likely to be the result of mind-matter interaction than confirmation bias. To find out for sure, the system provides points such as mystery points, which I had not heard of prior to this. Oh, interesting. When requesting such a point, the user will be returned a point, the generation algorithm of which will be randomly selected. It can be either an intention-driven anomaly or a pseudo-random point. The user in this case does not know which point they've received. Its type is only known by the system. Therefore, later comparing reports Mm. at such points, we hope to be able to determine what proportion of successful successful experiments can be attributed to confirmation bias cases. So, like, I mean, they say all of this and they're like, yeah, we're giving you these points, like, basically aren't sending you anywhere specific uh, or, like, aren't Mm -hmm. sending you somewhere that's, like, based off of your intention. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to find out whether or not you think you see something because then if you do, it's like 
probably it's just confirmation bias like there's nothing actually going on there but then they don't actually sure. give like any information as to like how frequently things like are actually intention driven like how many of these points are are these like pseudo random points because it sort right. of feels like just all of them are then <laughs> well and i thought the whole point was that all of the points that they were generating were like generated by the quantum run random number generator and they were like truly random like not just right which like i already like i said i already have thoughts about because it's like you have a certain radius that you're they're gonna give you coordinates for and then like how do they even really generate the coordinates from the number that they get it's all very confusing. but Well, we'll- <laughs> I'm sure that's some proprietary thing, but yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the quantum numbers, though. But, okay. I mean, that's confusing language, though. Are the attractors versus the voids for the versus the anomalies, like, supposed to be intention-based or not? Like, that is not clear to me at all from, like, any of the verbiage that is in the app, like, when you're picking what point you're going to go to. Right. Again, <laughs> it's sort of a mess. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, 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 and I, yeah, I'll say this, I'm sure, several times. It's, like, it's very pseudoscience Like, they're just using a lot of big words, like, talking about a lot of, like, you know, big scientific concepts, but it's, like, probably not in a way that like actually you know actually works well yeah (laughs) in the way that they think it works (laughs) that was kind of my point earlier is like they pick a concept like they, they pick they use quantum mechanics which is something that like so few people fully understand anyway that nobody's gonna question it (laughs) <laughs> right and again this is a circus performer who's doing this <laughs> although to be fair the stuff that he's using like the fathom project like i think they're legit like they, they yeah, actually yeah. know what they're doing in terms of whatever the code that they're using right it's everything after that point that like starts to get messy <laughs> a little bit <laughs> a little bit sketchy <laughs> um okay yeah, yeah, you're making you're making some good points here, Paige. So, despite me saying like, oh, this is all very like pseudosciency and like all very you know new agey and sort of like I think I said new world before, which I have no idea what that means, but new agey is the term <laughs> that I was actually looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still like I think. I, Despite trying to, you know, be really objective about everything and, like, take a scientific approach to stuff, like, the idea that, like, our minds can, our consciousness or whatever, our subconscious, whatever, can, like, physically or somehow influence things around us um, or there's some sort of, like, connection with the world around us, that's sort of, like, a fringe belief that I'm, like, I'm... I'm more on board with that than I am a lot of things that we talk about. Like, I think the human brain is crazy and very complicated. And, like, if they somehow, like, were able to prove that we're all, like, connected somehow on some sort of, like, subconscious level, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) So, like, I know. I know that this is, like, 
this is the weirdest shit that I believe. Um, and I don't really believe it. I just like, I, it would not, I would, I'd be okay with it. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but so like, here's my anecdotal evidence to support it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm about to shit all over this. I know you are, but you just shut up for like two seconds. Okay. So like, and I know from like doing the reading on this and like the the psychologists that were quoted in a couple of the articles, like they say that like, you know, this this app, this concept sort of like rides on, you know, people being so shocked by like these coincidences that they come across and like things that match their intentions, but like really coincidental things like happen all the time. We just like aren't really paying enough attention to see them but I've got a couple stories so first is one that my mom has told me so she said like one of the freakiest things that ever happened to her was she um had a dream about as an adult had a dream about a childhood friend like somebody that she had not seen or talked to or even really thought about for like years and years and years and then the next day her friend called her on the phone and it's like that's okay that's weird. bizarre right I, I will say so i don't know if i've ever told you this but for for the uh listeners i was in a like pretty traumatic car accident i don't know what five years ago now four years ago and ago? oh man yeah it was some amount of time ago <laughs> yeah it was like the first year that we moved to ohio so that yeah. was like five years ago holy shit okay um and the night before the accident i had a dream that my father was in a car accident <gasps> you told me this before yeah. yeah that is crazy which is super weird and now every time, because yeah. I mean, obviously since then I've had a lot more dreams about car accidents because it's scarred me for life. I'm like afraid to get <laughs> right. in the car the next morning because I'm like, well, last time. <laughs> yeah. Last so. time you actually got in an accident and like really it was probably just like a coincidence. Like your brain was thinking like, oh, I'm driving back home tomorrow. Like, and I don't know, maybe you were worried about something with your dad or something. And so it like put it together. I was like, your dad got in a car accident, but yeah it's it's so like that stuff is is sort of crazy and like sort of just makes me suspicious um <laughs> so then the other thing <laughs> this one's like really stupid um the other thing is like there have been times like this is much more minor where i'll be um listening to music on my phone so like on spotify pandora whatever and um so this is not on the radio you turd um <laughs> i saw your note um but and like i'll think like oh man like i really would love to hear like i don't know some specific song next and then it's like that's the song that comes on next I'm like, yes, I know that's just a coincidence and it's like on that playlist and it's that's probably so, yeah. related somehow to what I'm listening to and there's some sort of algorithm at play, but it always freaks me out when it happens. It probably <laughs> just sounds like somewhat similar to the song you're listening to and then you're like, oh, that sounds like a song I want to listen to. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm always like somewhat convinced that like I've somehow influenced my phone with my brain to like... I mean. I've definitely had this happen even on the radio. And then I think like I'm 
fucking Superman. So I get right. I super like, understand. I'm definitely a witch, right? Like, right. when am I getting my Hogwarts letter? <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and then like the last thing is like in terms, so like that's sort of my only experience with like feeling like, oh, like I have some sort of subconscious like mind matter influence over like my phone or the radio or some shit um (laughs) but the other thing is like in terms of like just there's georgie oh hey georgie dog hi georgie dog i know i'm truly down but like how many times have you and i picked up our phones to text the other one at like literally the exact same time like so many times i'll like be picking up my phone (laughs) and typing you a message and a message from you comes in like that's weird like it's like it it's weird and i know that it's probably just like we tend to text each other at the same time of day you know whatever our schedules match up at that point so like that's when we think like oh let's send a message to Paige or like subconsciously we're like somehow aware that this is when we you know message each other normally yeah I mean like we actually share a brain though so it's a little different yes but like there are plenty (laughs) of times where it's like I'm sorry you guys you're gonna hear my dog like little reflex scratching in the back (laughs) (laughs) he's very needy yeah so like I think that's that's weird like i just stuff like that just makes me think hmm Hmm. there's something going on here (laughs) (laughs) you know you never thought that come on i mean i definitely think like oh that's weird that that happened yeah but i can't say that my thought goes any further than that okay i'm just not a deep enough thinker Okay, well, I'm sitting here thinking, like, we are all connected. Subconsciously, I communicated to Paige. I just think, time to text. Damn, Megan and I are so similar sometimes. Yes. Well, I know. That's all I got. But I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) I acknowledge (laughs) what you're saying. (laughs) 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 okay we understand what the app is more or less we might be a little confused but we we generally understand what we're doing we're supposedly (laughs) generating random points that have been converted into coordinates that can be attractors anomalies or voids and are supposedly related to some intention you've set so like i wanted to look into what is actually the science behind what's going on here and so the app um, and like all the the website and everything and the frequently asked questions like to throw around again these big words like quantum and entropy but it all really smacks of like of just pseudoscience bullshit like trying to make you you know think that they've got this very deep you know serious technology um and and that all of this is legit, but really it's sort of just a bunch of baloney. So 
I read this New York Times article and I have a couple quotes from it. Um, so the first is uh, Lisa Fazio, an assistant professor of psychology at Vanderbilt University, said the more synchronous experiences were likely coincidences colored by confirmation bias or the tendency to look for information that affirms one's beliefs and tune out contradictory evidence. So that's what we talked about before. And again, this idea from a psychological perspective, you're just noticing more things than you normally would and the super crazy stuff like finding bodies like people were doing that shit during pokemon go so that's just a a a coincidence related to the fact that people are wandering into fields that they wouldn't normally wander into Um, um go ahead sorry this this is related but they they throw around the word synchronicity a lot as if it's something unique but it's like they're really just talking about coincidences the whole time. Like they're the same thing. And I've read yes. several articles that say that like people who are random nodding are more likely to believe in synchronicities. And it's like, but, <laughs> but- yeah, <laughs> I think it's just like a fancier way to say coincidence. Yeah, it's the same darn thing. It's just the idea that like two things are simultaneously happening that like are not really at all related but seem to be. But like I just I just I don't know. It's it's kind of the same idea that you just mentioned and I I just every time I see it it makes me laugh because it's like people who are random nodding are more likely to believe in synchronicities. Like are they? Because I would argue that people who are using this app are thinking that it's not just a coincidence <laughs> right. like that it's something yeah else. so i don't know if like synchronicity is like i don't know somehow a not <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know anyways Does it just... mean something slightly different i have no idea um anyway so yeah so the second quote from this new york times article It says that Daniel J. Rogers, a physicist who has worked with quantum random number generators called Randonautica's MMI, which um, again stands for mind-machine interaction theory, completely absurd. (laughs) So, (laughs) again, (laughs) this is a physicist (laughs) who like actually works with these quantum random number generators, which is the way that they are getting these coordinates. And he says like, this is a bunch of baloney, which is exactly (laughs) what I expected. Like when I, you know, was reading the stuff behind it. So that is the perfect segue into thinking about how these points are actually generated. And, uh, 100% yes, that means that we're going to get into some uh, theoretical quantum physics right now. <laughs> Great. So, yay! <laughs> um, it was actually really interesting to read about, but full disclosure for listeners, I was not a physics whiz. So if you are listening and you are an expert in physics, especially quantum physics, please reach out to us um, if you hear me say anything really stupid um, or if you have more insight into this because it was really fascinating, but I am not great at physics. (laughs) So so I absolutely guarantee that like my understanding of this is like maybe 
not super great. I did have a cocktail though before this because I swear that in college, like when I would do my physics homework, that when I would have a drink while I was doing it, like I got better at physics. So I should have tried that. Yes. So like, I don't know. That's a synchronicity right there. (laughs) 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 Um, When you generate your random points through the app, you have a couple of options. So you can generate them. I think it's, well, the one they suggest is through the, um, ANU uh, random number generator. So that is the Australian National University quantum random number generator. I think it also gives you an option to do it like through your phone's camera. And then there's a third option as well. I'm going to look right now. I'm I'm on here. Um, yeah, it allows you to do it through your camera. Okay, choose your, ent- oh, choose your entropy shoot. <laughs> source um so again you you ask it to generate the type of point that you want and then it says oh choose your entropy source um so entropy just means randomness so like choose the source of the The randomness randomness that you want to get your number from um so yeah it says camera so i think it's like i don't know if it does it from a, a picture or what temporal phone temporal server I don't really know what, what those, those mean, mean, though. Okay. I have literally no idea. But the important one here, and the one that they suggest, is the Australian National University, or ANU. So that is actually a legitimate quantum random number generator. Like, they're actually doing the science related to it. So if you go on their website, and we're gonna, I'm going to read this quote. It's a little bit lengthy. And we are going to go into it. So it's it's like, it's not the best in terms of like laying this out in layman's terms. But okay. So you can go to their website. You can, you know, generate points. You can, you can actually like listen to the points as they're generated. So whatever little sensor, um, they have some sound associated with that. Um, but this website offers true random numbers to anyone on the internet. The random numbers are generated in real time in our lab by measuring the quantum fluctuations of the vacuum. The vacuum is described very differently in the quantum mechanical context than in the classical context. Traditionally, a vacuum is considered as a space that is empty of matter or photons. Quantum mechanically, however, that same space resembles a sea of virtual particles appearing and disappearing all the time. This result is due to the fact that the vacuum still possesses a zero-point energy. Consequently, the electromagnetic field of the vacuum exhibits random fluctuations in phase and amplitude at all frequencies. By carefully measuring these fluctuations, we are able to generate ultra-high bandwidth random numbers. (laughs) So... (laughs) It makes perfect sense. Everybody understands. Duh. Um, <laughs> no, I just spend like <laughs> a long time <laughs> thinking about this um, <laughs> to like hopefully come up with a, a reasonable explanation in layman's terms. So, so yeah. So what the fuck does this mean, right? So I came across an article on sciencealert.com by Fiona McDonald. Um, and here's, here's a quote from that. So 
She says, um, according to quantum mechanics, which is this field related to quantum random number generation, a vacuum isn't empty at all. And again, when we say vacuum, we mean like the vacuum of space, right? That's what you hear. Um, So a vacuum isn't empty. It's actually filled with quantum energy and particles that blink in and out of existence for a fleeting moment. Strange signals that are known as quantum fluctuations. So what do we mean when we say particles? Um, So we say particles, we mean subatomic, so smaller than an atom, right? So an atom is protons, neutrons, and a with a cloud of electrons. We've talked about this before when we did radioactive decay stuff. So we mean particles, subatomic bits of matter. So electron, protons, um, photons of, of light, for example. So in the classical sense, a vacuum has none of that. But... Um, so yeah, so here's, we're going to continue <laughs> from this article. So, so first of all, let's think of a vacuum in a classical way as space entirely devoid of matter with the lowest possible energy. There are no particles there and nothing to interfere with pure physics. But a byproduct of one of the most fundamental principles in quantum mechanics Heisenberg's uncertainty principle states that there's a limit to how much we can know about quantum particles. And as a result, a vacuum isn't empty. It's actually buzzing with its own strange energy and filled with particle-antiparticle pairs that appear and disappear randomly. These are more like virtual particles than physical matter, so ordinarily you can't detect them. But although they're invisible, like most things in the quantum world, they subtly influence the real world. So basically the idea here is you have these, you constantly have this essentially just sea of these particle-antiparticle pairs that are being generated and disappearing and creating these tiny fluctuations in electromagnetic fields within this vacuum. And at this Australian National University, they're measuring those fluctuations and converting them into numbers. Like, and it's truly random numbers because like we can't, like in this quantum sense, we like can't truly predict everything about them. Okay. So we're going to keep going, Paige. I know you're so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I got real into this. Um, Okay. So first, let's talk about Heisenberg uncertainty principle because, right, like who the fuck knows what that is? Maybe you learned about it in high school, but I feel like I have no memories of this until college. And I hardly remember it from college. Yes, I had to do some serious reading. Um, Okay, so what is the Heisenberg uncertainty principle? And I think like most people also probably only like know the name Heisenberg because of Walter White and Breaking Bad. Like, (laughs) because like that's where he comes up with the name, right? So anyway, a little pop culture for you. But what is this? What is this uncertainty principle? So it describes the relationship of uncertainty in position and momentum of particles. So basically, it describes like what do we know about the position of a particle? So where it's located 
and then the momentum which is is not just speed so that in in a physics sense momentum is not just speed um, it is a, a quantity that has both magnitude and direction so it implies like something about the direction the particles are going as well okay <laughs> so in order to define this we multiply um the delta x which is the uncertainty in position by delta p which is the uncertainty in momentum and that has to be greater than or equal to a quantity of h uh, over 4 pi where which h and pi are constants so h is planck's constant and for our purposes, we're just going to say it's a very, very small number. Okay. <laughs> so where does this leave us? Is so everybody is still with us? Probably not. But <laughs> here's what, yeah, he, we're going to get there. I promise that it is all going to wrap around in the end, you guys. So just stick with me. Okay. So there's this super awesome video on YouTube from Veritaseum. Um, so if you, you look up Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle, Veritaseum, spelled V-E-R-I-T-A-S-I-U-M, and, and watch that. It's only like a little over four minutes long. I'm going to do my best to describe the concepts in it, but like it really is great to just see it um, visually as well. So um, he shows a laser that is being... Um, projected through uh, a metal slit um, and then is projected onto the wall in front of it. So it's just a dot on the wall in front of it. So he, you know, talks about if you made the slit wider, right, the dot would get wider. And if you make the slit narrower, then the dot on the wall get smaller because more of the light is getting blocked however he like he demonstrates this and then he continues to close off this slit and at some point rather than getting smaller and smaller and smaller the spot actually starts to get wider and wider on oh. the wall before it completely disappears so what you're actually seeing is Heisenberg's uncertainty principle in action. So what's happening is as you make that slit smaller and smaller, you start to reach that theoretical limit that is defined by that Planck's constant over four pi. So that tiny, tiny number. Um, and that's where it's important to understand um, that momentum is not just speed. It has it's a quantity that's both magnitude and direction. So what's happening is you're making that that delta x, you're making that uncertainty in position very, very small. So the delta p, the momentum, has to like get very big. That uncertainty in that momentum has to get very big, meaning that the horizontal momentum of the photons in the laser beam is less well-defined and they actually start to veer off in other directions. So that's what you're seeing when you see the spot get wider. Hmm. So it's basically just preserving that relationship. As one number gets really small, the other number has to get really big because it can never drop below 
that Planck's constant over 4 pi, h over 4 pi. It's crazy. <laughs> Again, watch the video. I'm trying to do it justice. Okay. So, <laughs> great. We understand Heisenberg's uncertainty principle perfectly now. Yeah. <laughs> With respect to quantum numbers <laughs> and randonauting. So, an article in The Guardian by Alec, uh, I think it's Ja. Um, it's Alec... Uh, J-H-A, but in 2013 um, was very useful. So uh, he says that the Heisenberg uncertainty principle tells us that there's a fundamental limit to what we can know about the behavior of quantum particles. It says that we cannot measure the position and the momentum of a particle with absolute precision. The more accurately we know one of these values, the less accurately we know the other. So in this example, the uncertainty in the momentum of the particles became greater and greater as we further restricted or defined the position. So that's just that same concept. So in a vacuum, like the one that's used by the Australian National University to generate these quantum random numbers, we can think of the uncertainty principle in terms of energy and time. So again, the more constrained one variable is, the better we know one of them, the less constrained the other is. So it's therefore possible, and again, this is a quote, that for very, very short periods of time, a quantum system's energy can be highly uncertain, so much that particles can appear out of the vacuum, so like something out of nothing, essentially. These virtual particles appear in pairs, an electron and its antimatter pair, the positron, say for a short while, and then annihilate each other. So, that's what they're measuring. They're measuring the energy fluctuations that happen when these virtual particle pairs appear and disappear, and then they're converting them into this source. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Random numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so it's, I mean, so, okay. I went into all this. I know that that was like some very intense physics and science and like, I barely understand it. Um, and here's the take home. The field of quantum physics is very cool. And the way that, that Randonautica is actually getting the points that they use, um, or at least the way that they claim that they're getting them is like, legitimate science like it's super cool cutting edge quantum physics stuff well which, which like to my point earlier is great like that that part of it is is really cool very interesting and like yes. you said very legitimate however yes. like i'm still like i you're right it's probably information they can't give me but i would just really love to see how they're then taking those numbers and converting them into a coordinate that's within a five mile radius of where i'm standing right yeah and i never really like found a clear answer i, I <laughs> have that either. like what what the conversion so it's like is. the point like that that number that they're getting is legitimate but it's like to me they're just probably using like a heat map from Google and like these are the popular places people go so we're going to send you there <laughs> you're probably 
Because, <laughs> like, while that's legitimate, I still just don't understand how in the world that translates to, like, me ending up in some random neighborhood in their back, like, person's backyard. I just... <laughs> right. Well, and I, um, yeah, that's what, that's why I, I kind of included that disclaimer, right? Like, the, the way that they claim to use it, right? Right. <laughs> is, like, it's legitimate science. And, like, and it's this idea of, like, of true randomness because like i think that that term that you used earlier pseudo random is used in in quantum physics sometimes because like it implies that you're like you're starting from somewhere so like you can't be truly random because there's always going to be some sort of bias from like whatever condition you started with whereas like if it's random like truly random particles you could end appearing up in like and disappearing in a vacuum because of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Like you can't predict that. Right. <laughs> so the energy that they're measuring from that, like is, is totally random. So like, that's what makes it cool. That's why I spent so much time on like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and all this, because it's like, it's the physics behind it is so cool. So back to random nodding again, um, the important thing is like while they claim to be using this very legitimate technology, this very legitimate you know science and this this random number generator, there's like literally nothing that suggests that your mind can influence the generation of these quantum numbers in any way. <laughs> like, okay, so another quote, um, or uh, information that I got from from this Atlantic article by Caitlin Tiffany, the idea that your brain can influence a random number generator comes from controversial controversial research conducted at Princeton starting in 1979. So this is engineer engineer Robert G. Yan. I think it's Yan. It's J H J A H N. It's got to be Yan. So that or John. Yon. Yeah. Um, investigated if people could use micropsychokinesis to affect machines in very small ways. So that must just be like the other way to say mind machine interaction. Um, but this is the research that's cited on the Randonautica website. But like this is research that's like pretty much been dismissed by <laughs> most scientists. So the idea that like my brain is somehow working through an app to like influence random numbers being generated onto a server from a vacuum in Australia, like, mm, probs not, probs not. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I also I found another one of these. Um, while I was reading through their little FAQ page, the okay. about some somebody says all of this is pseudoscientific nonsense. Did you read this one? Oh no! It's funny that they address these. Um, their response to this is. The project does not claim to meet academic standards. We are somewhere in the middle between a game, science, and art, and we try to take as much as possible from each of them because we believe that labeling and leading to unified methodology limits the potential of activity. There's some more stuff that they add after that, but basically 
Um, the bottom of it says the technological part of the project is based on real scientific research, although the methodology yes. for their applications may deviate from the academic standards for research, as we are more inventors than academic scientists. So, mm. so even they know, <laughs> like, there's a part <laughs> of this that is like absolutely scientifically. It's it's yes. like it's it's a thing like it's happening it's legitimate, and then there's a part of it that's like this isn't mm-hmm. actually how this works at all. Like your you mind just have isn't to believe that your <laughs> mind is doing it. That's like all of the sh- it's it's week after week though. It's like that is the conclusion that we come to is you know anytime anybody they use all the scientific language. They're using, in this case, like, you know, this pretty sophisticated technology, but it's like, it's just like ghost hunters using pieces of equipment that like, they don't really understand how it works or the technology behind it. So yeah, like the, the data that it's generating is meaningless. Right. And I guess in this point, they're basically just asking people like, just give it meaning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here's some meaningless data give it meaning give it meaning and like you know go out and, and find some shit so uh, yeah so the heisenberg uncertainty principle all this stuff is what i spent most of my time on i thought about getting into a little bit of this idea like s- some of the language that they use and i think you know maybe some of the random nodding stuff gets into like you know, this idea, again, you're like breaking out of some predefined or predetermined routine. And so I think it all sort of like starts to move into this like simulation theory idea or Mm -hmm. like this idea that we're all, you know, part of some simulation and that like the Randonautica app is like helping you to escape or whatever. But I didn't, I didn't dive as deep into that as I, I thought I was going to. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. (laughs) Uh, I don't really, other than the fact that I am married to someone who like seems to enjoy, at least get some sort of enjoyment out of thinking that we are in a simulation. So (laughs) yes. Yeah. I don't, but I didn't really, that's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. Although like, here's the thing. It's like another one of those things where it's like, all right, if we're talking about like freaky paranormal conspiracy theory shit, like I think that's one of the more likely ones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, that this is just like a giant Sims game. Right, yeah, like someone's <laughs> just fucking around with us. <laughs> okay, so we did go rando nodding because, you know, what what kind of scientists would we be if we didn't put ourselves out in the field and actually do some of this? So Paige, do you want to talk about your experiences and then I'll talk about mine? I would like to. Before I do, I would like to say that I... Uh, I thought of my one of my other something spookies, and I, I realize it's late now, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, right before, like, I don't know, five, maybe ten minutes before I texted you, Megan, asking mm-hmm. if you were ready to get on and record tonight, mm-hmm. my phone, like, randomly reminded me that I had the Randonautica notes in my phone. And, like, I don't have anything on my calendar for recording. It just randomly, like, popped up, hey, Randonautica notes. Oh, so that's kind of weird. You're you're influencing your phone. I might be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so we went to a couple different places. Um, 
the first one didn't really we we didn't really find anything so i'm not going to talk about it <laughs> um <laughs> but the so the first one like basically we used our intention was spooky we thought really hard about spooky stuff and ended up in like some neighborhood at a dead end with a house where we'd have to go in the backyard so we're like we're not doing that so we went the next one um we had agreed that we our intention was going to be spooky but uh my friend sarah told me like as we were getting to our spot that like she had also thought about death so <laughs> of so, course she did that's <laughs> important to note because this spot took us to a park by a lake and there really wasn't anything spooky there but there was like a plaque like a memorial plaque for somebody who had passed away oh. so that was kind of odd or that was interesting mm-hmm. um and then you know we did the furry friend thing um thought about a furry friend we saw we didn't really see a dog at this but the point that it led us to but we did see a dog on the way there and the way back so that's something um but the one that well there's two more really the the other two that um we i guess sort of saw something is we thought about candy and we ended up in a neighborhood that took us it just took us to like a house, but right across the street from the house was a white van. And it's like that, you know, that like stereotypical, like what people like always make comments about being like a like a kidnapping van or whatever. So oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. were like, oh my God, it's a candy van. Like these like that van right there. <laughs> They're like, hey kid, you want some candy? Uh, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, this is just us like finding some weird explanation for our spot because realistically it was probably some perfectly nice person's van, but it was there. And then the only other thing was that we did our final one. We did our intention was fear and it took us to this like random like swampy area, but it was right by a semi truck, which I had earlier in this episode referenced a um, car accident that I was in several years ago. And in that accident, I was hit by a semi and I have since been like pretty nervous driving around semis. So I think that's why it took me there. Uh, It's important to note that at one point we had to turn around. And when we turned around, we found an anti oopsie oopsie club sticker, (laughs) which I don't really know what that is, but it felt like it was telling us that we made a mistake. Oh, you're the oopsie oopsie club. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then one other thing is that at one point, like neither of us had really any set intention. Neither of us were thinking about anything specific. And it still sent us a point, even though we weren't like, we didn't really have an intention. So like, I don't, we didn't go, we ended up just generating a new point Mm -hmm. but obviously we would have to be thinking of a point for our thoughts to influence what or we'd have to be like thinking of an intention for our thoughts to influence or like by not thinking of it though would did that does that make it a mystery point like what does it oh maybe i don't know that's true i didn't know about mystery points then so yeah 
So that was our rando nodding adventure. <laughs> uh, what did you find? <laughs> um, and I just want to do a little a little plug here. But Paige said that she was with her friend Sarah. Importantly, Sarah is someone that she has chosen to form a little isolation coronavirus pod with. So this was an intentional decision to <laughs> right. to go together. Like everyone yeah. was being very safe. So just so we're clear, Sarah just is so the we're only clear. person I've seen since January outside of the people I work with. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, and your husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but. To be clear, like, we're not assholes just, you know, out there farting around with our friends. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I did, well, I did, like, a few things messing around with generating points. um, But there were three that I sort of, like, I don't know, (laughs) was more intentional about. Um, (laughs) Which, like, you guys are the textbook example for, like, you guys thought about, like, death and spookiness and whatever, (laughs) like... Sarah thought about death. I did not. The things that, was that they fault. tell you, <laughs> the things that they tell you not to think of. You're supposed to go with positive intentions. Um, <laughs> so I thought of positive things. Um, so first, my first one was I thought of something pleasantly spooky. Um, which I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but I said it as my intention and I was like, well, I'll find out when I get there. It makes <laughs> it a little more positive. Yes. Pleasantly like Pleasantly spooky. spooky. <laughs> um, but it also like turns out was probably just too vague because it's like, this could be anything. Like, again, this whole thing is just like confirmation bias on steroids slash people not realizing how many coincidences happen all the time. (laughs) But that first time I sort of just like, I don't know, it took me to a little like open plaza quad area. And I don't know, I found some leaves that looked like they were starting to turn fall colors. And I was like, well, that's like, that's, that's maybe classified as, as pleasantly spooky. (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of Halloween okay my second one I set my intention as dog um so yes apparently that makes me a basic random nodding bitch according to Paige um (laughs) (laughs) uh I did not find anything at the spot itself like literally nothing remotely dog related um but when I was on my way back walking back from this spot to my office um, I did see a, someone walking their dog on the way back. But again, like, who knows? Like, this is an area that there's, like, I see people walking their dogs all the time. Like, there's parks and paths and, yeah. So, like, the likelihood of me seeing a dog was very high. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So then my third one, and I should say, I was setting, I think I did all attractors and anomalies. What did you guys do? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, I think we did. We tried everything. But I, I, okay. I don't know that I put that in my notes. Yeah. I can't remember, like, what I did for each thing. Um, yeah. But we did. I did either attractors or anomalies. Um, so the last one, I was like, well, I want to drive somewhere. So I set the radius a little bit wider. 
And I set my intention for something pink because <laughs> I was like, well, that's like sort of specific. Like, you know, you can go a while without seeing something pink. Um, so this one was like actually a little bit spooky because I drove like 10 minutes away uh, to this spot and it was like I had to go into an alleyway that was between um, some apartment buildings and then some backyards for some houses. So the spot itself was actually like in somebody's backyard and it had to sort of like peer over their fence. So I did not trespass or anything. Um, but I just like sort of peered over their fence and they did have like a flower bed full of pink flowers. So I was like, oh, oh that is that kind is of spooky. weird. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But again, like, I don't, <laughs> this is all to say, like, yes, like, you can go randonating and, like, it's just, it's so easy to convince yourself that something weird is going on, but, like, probably it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the theme of our show, probably, probably not. Probably it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, but mm, probably not. Not likely. <laughs> <laughs> We could just cut this all down. We don't need an hour and whatever of discussion. Just say, mm, could be weird and spooky. Probably not. <laughs> we'll just we'll just start introducing the topic and then immediately cut to, yeah, it's not happening. And then we'll be done. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> okay. So my very long physics rant, my random not in experiences. That's all I have to say about this app. <laughs> but I was very excited to do this episode. So it was like fun to jump in on something that has like gone viral and is like very, very current. Um, although I think the trend is dying now. So all the Gen Zers are probably like, ugh, fucking old millennials, weeks behind. <laughs> I think it's short and spooky time. Short and spooky. Okay. Short and spooky. Okay. <laughs> That's our new theme song. I just came yes. up with it. <laughs> uh, all right. So this was actually Megan's recommendation, and I am very excited about it. Oh, um, I'm glad. <laughs> so this is actually a Reddit story, and you found it on like a chimney inspection website a repair company's website um yeah. actually i'm like pretty sure that i found it initially <laughs> because i saw somebody make a tiktok video about it <laughs> <laughs> but then i was like well i'm not gonna send page a tiktok video so i like looked it up to find that article because i was trying to find something a little bit more legit <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um, so we're all in on the tiktok trends this episode <laughs> i am Paige is reluctantly here <laughs> all right so this story all began with a reddit user um named r brad Bur 1920 and they posted a question on the legal advice subreddit because they had been finding these post-it notes kind of left around that within their house that like they weren't writing and that 
they couldn't figure out who was writing. So it all started, um, and I'll read at least the first little, the first post or the first little paragraph of the post. Um, He says, on the 15th of April, I found a yellow post-it note in a handwriting that wasn't mine on my desk, reminding me of some errands I had to do, but told literally nobody about. Uh, While odd, I chalked it up to something I did in my sleep, thinking maybe in my half-awake state, I scrawled it so I didn't appear to be my handwriting. I threw it out and thought little of it. So that's kind of the first of these post-it notes that this man finds. After that, you know, a, a week or so later, he finds a note reminding him that he needs to save his documents on his computer. And at this point, I mean, he's pretty freaked out. He, he says that there's no si- other signs of a break-in, uh, but he just wants to be sure. So he sets up a webcam in his house and aims it at his desks at his desk and uses a security ca- cam app so he can record uh, any movement. He then finds... A note that says, our landlord isn't letting me talk to you, but it's important that we do. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) And he goes to the folder on his computer where, like, all of this, the webcam files should be saved. And there's nothing there. Like, he doesn't see anything. But he notices that the recycle bin on his computer has been emptied. And, like, he is convinced. Like, he says he didn't do it. So he posts on Reddit and asks, like, do I have any legal recourse here? I have no proof except for the post-its, but those are written by my pen and my post-its, post-it notes, so conceivably I could have faked them. Would contacting the police get me into any sort of trouble if they can't determine an outside source for this? I just want to make sure I'm not wasting anybody's time. So he posts this on Reddit and... A couple people have some suggestions. Initially, a lot of people think that uh, he's sleepwalking, but eventually a doctor says that, you know, writing notes in general is something that's not likely to happen when you sleepwalk, but specifically a note that's sophisticated as, as the one uh, where he says that our landlord isn't ta- or letting me talk to you, but it's important we do. Like, that's not something that's likely going to happen when you're sleeping. Um, so they kind of, he kind of, just keeps asking like, what else can I do? Um, and then a man by the name of Ken Roach, who's an engineer, uh, starts commenting. And initially he thinks it's possible that this man might be dealing with schizophrenia, but then he says that he remembers that there was one post in particular that, uh, kind of struck a match. He says there was a post where they were asking an interior design forum about how to fit a desk and a bed into a really really narrow apartment that they were moving into that didn't have any windows that got me thinking gosh an apartment in boston with no windows of course they're hallucinating their landlord is not coming in and writing notes but why are they hallucinating which there's just like no way that i would come to that conclusion like (laughs) reading this i would like i wouldn't immediately go to like right they're hallucinating but they uh he, Ken Roach recommends to that they or that he buys a carbon monoxide detector because he thinks that it's possible that he's dealing with carbon monoxide poisoning. And he says, like, hey, I have one in a box. I never even thought about putting it up and actually using it. So he does, and he says that the carbon monoxide detector reads at about a hundred ppm. Um, which like the OSHA exposure limit is like 15 minutes on 
a hundred, like on that concentration levels. And this man is like living in this apartment. So (laughs) (laughs) not great. It says that at that level, you know, most of the symptoms that you're going to see is going to be like dizziness, drowsiness, vomiting. Um, But it, reading a little bit more up on carbon monoxide poisoning hallucinations are definitely a symptom for some people as well as memory loss so like this guy was just writing notes to himself and like thought his landlord was like stalking him but then forgetting that he was like writing the notes and thinking someone else wrote them to him that's crazy (laughs) which is something that's like probably going to happen to me sometime in my life because that just sounds like a page story. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. Although just like hopefully you'll have carbon monoxide detectors installed right. in your house. So this will not be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then for those of you who know me personally, you know that I'm currently in the safety field. Um, I work as an EHS technician. So if we're going to talk about carbon monoxide poisoning, I just have to do a little (laughs) safety TED talk. Um, (laughs) So I did a little bit of reading on the CDC's website and every year, at least 430 people in the U.S., die from accidental carbon monoxide poisoning and approximately 50,000 people in the U.S. visit the emergency department each year due to accidental carbon monoxide poisoning. So that's a lot of people. Um, This is a great time to talk about this since we're, you know, quickly approaching the colder months and that's when they tend to see more people coming into the hospital because of carbon monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide sources that you can, that are used frequently within and around homes are things like wood burning stoves, fireplaces, generators, um, cars. So how do you prevent carbon monoxide poisoning? Uh, This particular website that I read this story on, uh, like I said, is a chimney repair and inspection company so their (laughs) thing is like make sure you get your chimneys checked annually uh don't use stoves to heat your home if it's cold and you don't have a good way of heating your home uh find somewhere to relocate if you can a shelter a friend's house family's house uh don't use generators inside of your home keep them outside and in or in well ventilated areas don't start your car and leave it running in an attached garage. If you're going to leave it running in a detached garage, make sure you have the door open. Uh, and then please, people, buy carbon monoxide detectors because they're like $10 <laughs> at the store. And if you don't, if you can't spend $10, you don't have $10 to spend, you can contact your local fire department. And most of the time, they will just give them to you for free. So yeah. that's yeah. my little safety talk for the day yeah and like for sure if you have like a gas-powered furnace or gas-powered water heater it's pretty critical and also remember that carbon monoxide um which i think you probably said it's tasteless colorless odorless gas that is heavier than air so it's gonna like fill up a room and displace the air from the bottom and you're not gonna know Right. Yeah, you're not going to be like gasping for air. It's like because the oxygen is still there. It's like it sort of just, it sort of just tricks your brain. (laughs) So it's weird. (laughs) But yeah, I uh, 
hundred percent saw that on TikTok initially. <laughs> 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 well, that was just the craziest story. But it is also just it's just one of those stories I think that just struck me as like, how many times have people thought like I'm possessed? Or my house is haunted. And it could just or, be a carbon monoxide And, like, poisoning. it could just be them, <laughs> like, doing things and then waking up and being like, holy shit, who did this? Like, and thinking that it's something spooky, but it's really mm. just something, like, happening with their Well, house. yeah. And if ever you are feeling weird or you are thinking you're possessed or something crazy is going on, but it's only happening at home and you feel better when you leave your house, like look into it because <laughs> probably you're just, you're just dealing with carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. Well, or who even knows? Or, or maybe you're possessed. Of other things. Or maybe you're <laughs> possessed. But here's another soapbox with the state of healthcare in our country. Who fucking knows if you can go to a doctor to figure these things? <laughs> Again, feel glad if you're not in America right now. <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> we laugh because it hurts too bad if we don't. Yes. Yeah. Only only laughing to stop the crying. <laughs> uh, all right. You want to wrap us up there, Paige? Yes, I would love to. All right, guys, spooky season is here. It is right now only four days away from September. And by the time you all listen, it will be September. Megan and I, (laughs) it's happening. Megan and I would like to do a Halloween special where we get stories from you, the listeners, to share with our other listeners. We're looking for stories that are spooky, but that end up having an everyday explanation. Like the carbon monoxide story. Yeah. <laughs> like the carbon Honestly, monoxide Honestly, perfect story. example. <laughs> <laughs> if you have one of these stories and you're willing to share, uh, please send it to our Spooky Science Sisters email and then keep listening to see if you hear your story make an appearance around Halloween. Tune in next time for our discussion on vampires. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod. Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics, ideas for future episodes, or if you've got one of the spooky stories we just talked about, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, 
really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>